Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. Hey. All right. Welcome to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah. Having a good day. Let's start the pod. Ah, flutter, 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 flutter. Drink that Pinot Noir. What's up, everybody? It is after midnight. Uh, had to do a show tonight came home everybody's asleep so time for me to throw down a pity pod so you guys can have something in the morning to download when you wake up i'm gonna get no sleep tonight that's a thing anybody anybody with kids knows i become that guy anybody with kids knows if you have kids you know what i'm talking about um <laughs> no but i just look at when i'm going to bed now and i'm like well i am screwed no way i'm getting any real sleep tonight just started recording this it's 12:19. probably not gonna be a super long one but got a few things to get to so anyways real quick uh please if you haven't yet just go rate this podcast five stars if you're listening to it helps out so much i know it's super annoying i have to say it every time but it really does help out a lot if you could leave a review that's also awesome and if you really like it share it that's the best but uh yeah just rating the five stars it takes legitimately not even 10 seconds you scroll down five stars and then you've done me a solid. Um, so, yeah, my daughter had her first day of school today, and it is so weird. She's only three, and she's already in preschool. She just turned three, and it's just so sad that she's not going to be this little forever, and she did not even care about uh, being at school. She loved it. At one point, my wife, I guess they take a nap at some point, and my wife was telling me, she's like, yeah, if she's not feeling the nap thing or she thinks that's weird to fall asleep there she's uncomfortable i'm just gonna you know i'll have my mom pick her up or something and then you know i'm only working like another hour and a half and then i'll just pick her up because the school she goes to is real close to her grandparents house so i guess what happened was is my mother-in-law brought her a pillow because my wife forgot to pack a pillow for nap time or whatever and she was like oh Leah, she's like here's a pillow and she's like, hey, do you want to go home? Do you want to come to house with grandma? Or do you want to stay at school? And apparently my daughter's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll stay at school. <laughs> so broke, broke my mother-in-law's heart too that she's no longer needed. We all just feel so insignificant. But my daughter, I was telling my buddy this tonight. He has two sons who are adults already. But people, daughters are just way different than sons. If you have one of each or multiple, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's like every, I'm not saying every daughter and every son are the same, but my son likes to just play with me. He likes to headbutt, likes to like throw stuff and have me chase him and everything. And my daughter does a little bit of that too, but my daughter does things. I don't think my son will ever do. My daughter, even tonight after she's a big girl and she's at school and everything all day, when she's going to bed, she's like, Daddy, come cuddle me. And I had to get ready and go to my show, but oh, I cuddled. You know what I'm saying? That is the best. Daddy, come cuddle me. And just knowing that someday that's not going to be a thing. Someday that's just not going to be a thing. Before I know it, 
she's not going to say that anymore. Then she'll be just wanting to hang out with her friends. Then she'll be, you know, upset at my wife and I because like, why can't I spend the night? Everybody else is spending the night at so-and-so's house. You guys stink. You guys are the worst parents. <laughs> I don't know if that's all going to happen. It just feels like that's going to happen at some point. Then she's going to be dating some guy. Some dickhead's going to come home and be like, oh, what's up? What's up, Mr. Keith? Oh, my name's Razor. Or I don't know. Why would his name be Razor? I'll have her back. I'll have her back whenever, sir. Whenever I feel like it. And then my daughter will be like, you don't get him, Dad. You just don't get him, okay? He's a really good guy, and he gets me. He's, you don't get me, Dad. He gets me. And I'll be like, you don't want me to cuddle? You don't want me to cuddle you anymore? Okay. Okay, go have fun with Razor. So these are the type of things that go through my head, and I'll stop there because I realize how crazy I'm sounding. But uh, so, yeah. That's all good stuff. Daddy, come cuddle me. That's the best. Um, all right. A couple more things. I'm going to get to uh, a couple of these news stories. Um, but so this is just so funny to me. My best friend's father, it, he sends out emails every day to a lot of people. He has a lot of friends. Uh, he's, how old is he now? He's 73, I think. 70, somewhere, around, somewhere around there, right? Um, but he's a business guy, successful guy, and he has, uh, you know, a bunch of friends that are lawyers and doctors and all these people, right? And he sends out emails and he sends out, a lot of them are political, okay? And my friend's dad is conservative and a lot of his friends are not. And they argue through email. Sometimes it's discussion. Sometimes it's kind of fun, you know, it's like fun to, cause I just get all these emails and uh, and sometimes it's fun, to, like it's interesting because these people are, they're not just a bunch of schmucks, you know what I mean? Not just a bunch of losers, they're all like really successful in their own way, right? And they've been around longer than me, so it's just interesting to like see these people converse. But it's mostly just arguing. It's mostly just, oh, you on the left this, oh, you on the right that, right? And so it's so, and, the, and some of, not everyone in the, in the email chain knows each other because there's like, I think like 40 people or something on there. So some of them do, but like the ones that uh, discuss the most, the ones that are interacting the most, these are like actual, like they're friends. They're all friends. Like my buddy's dad, uh, who I'm really close with too, he's like a, his, my buddy's family is kind of like a second family to mine, to me. Now that I need a second family, my family, my parents are great and everything. But uh, anyways, so my point is I'm really close with them and it's just insane because like some of these guys, they just, they go at each other. You think they would hate each other. They all play poker once a week, I think, <laughs> like get together, you know, play poker, have beers or whatever. So it's pretty funny. So what's funny about it is every now and then I will chime in. Okay. Not a lot. There's a lot of emails. I'm telling you, there's probably, I'd say average five emails a day. And, uh, most of them are political, not all of them. And, um, so anyways, I chimed in today because, uh, the email that was started was an email by a conservative guy, Dennis Prager. And at the end of the article that Dennis Prager wrote, he, he said, oh, like in a note, um, you're like side note or something. I, we just were informed that this video that we put on, uh, on YouTube has been restricted, put on the restricted list, right? So then one of my buddy's dad's uh, left-wing friends was like, yeah, that video is not restricted because I just looked it up and I was able to look it up and watch it, you know, it started and everything. So, you know, basically like he's a liar. And then, uh, I think they said straight, not basically I said like, yeah, so I guess he's lying. 
And then my buddy's dad was like, oh, like I listened to this guy all the time. I don't think he's lying, you know, blah, blah. Maybe it was restricted. Now it's not, blah, blah. So I only chimed in because a lot of these people are older and I'm not the hippest guy in the world with all this tech stuff. I definitely, there's a ton of stuff I don't know. But I do know that a restricted video on YouTube does not mean that it's blocked. It doesn't mean it's taken down. It just means it's restricted. So if you go into, if you put yourself in restricted mode, you won't see videos on the restricted list. That's what it means. And places that do this, I mean, I don't think, I don't know anyone that really personally does that. But the reason it's there is because schools use it you know, like high schools and uh, libraries and colleges, you know, universities, like they'll kind of like computers, internet that's in like a semi-public forum, like some, they'll put their their browsers or whatever on YouTube on restricted mode so they don't see restricted videos. So it is something that does greatly affect the amount of views that a video gets. It does not mean that the video is blocked. It does not mean that if you go on YouTube and type in, you know, uh, whatever, you know, this video that it won't, show, of course it'll show up unless you put yourself on restricted mode, but that's not something you do. So that's not something I don't know any individual does, right? So I explain that to the group to just kind of be like, hey, like, you know, maybe this isn't one to argue over because I, I see how these go. They always go back and forth for a while. So I just kind of threw that out there like, hey guys, this is, uh, this is what restricted, what the restricted list means on YouTube. Of course you can find it unless you, whatever, I explain it. Nobody cares about my email. <laughs> Nobody cares like they just gloss over mine like i never wrote it and then somebody else chimes in and goes yeah i was able to look it up too and i saw it so i guess i guess uh people on the right lie too you know and it's just like going back and i'm just like guys this is not a left right thing this is restricted list this is this is what it means just like it's not blocked it's not taken down it's just restricted i just explained what it meant and then people are just and more people are chiming in like oh yeah this and that blah blah, blah. going at you and i'm like no one does no like i get that i'm not in the, their inner circle and some of these people a lot of these people I haven't met personally some of them i have but like a lot of them i haven't i get it like i don't need to be acknowledged like good one jeff high five thank you so much you are the best i don't need that but how about just oh okay that's what it means cool let's not argue about this one but the argument continues and uh i am waiting for someone to chime in and be like hey did anyone see jeff's email he explained what restricted mode means or restrict what the restricted list is but so far nothing but uh i will say the good thing about that email chain as ridiculous as it gets is that's you know i don't want to say how it should be because some of these arguments are just so pointless and people are just talking past each other and nobody acknowledges what the other person said but the fact that they're all friends and they all still hang out and everything and they totally disagree on stuff i think that is a good thing that's how it should be just because somebody disagrees with you it doesn't make them evil all right um, next thing I want to talk about, so I talked a little bit about the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Everyone's talking about that. Jeffrey Epstein, uh, anyone who's not caught up, it's like this super rich guy who, you know, supposedly trafficked underage kids to, for prostitution, for very rich and powerful and elite world leaders and just really rich, the elites, the powerful people, right? So then he's so supposedly committed suicide in his cell. A lot of people think he was murdered. And some people on the left think it was somebody on the right that did it. People on the right think it's somebody on the left that did it. Other people are just saying this guy was definitely just killed. <laughs> I don't know who did it, but a lot of people on both sides had a reason uh, to kill this guy. So this I'm not going to get too much into that because there's obviously a million places you can go listen to people break down the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. But I just clicked on the most clickbaity 
this is the thing. People think clickbait is just like, oh, that's just like reserved for crappy whatever sites trying to get attention. The New York Times, okay, has an article titled, The Day Jeffrey Epstein Told Me He Had Dirt on Powerful People. The Day Jeffrey Epstein Told Me He Had Dirt on Powerful People. And I'm not going to read the article, but this guy goes on to James Stewart, goes on to talk about how... Um, James Stewart, New York Times. Maybe his name's Stewart James. I don't know. James Stewart, New York Times. Uh, I'll just click on it right real quick so I could not be a total idiot right here. So the guy goes on to talk about how, yeah, you know, I did this interview on background. James B. Stewart. He said, I did this interview on background. I'll just I'll just read this one part or a little bit. Okay. Um, he claimed also to know a great deal about these, you know, powerful and famous people. Many prominent women. Okay, so... Uh, okay, where is it? Right. Where the heck is that? Okay, here. When I contacted Mr. Epstein, he readily agreed to an interview. The caveat was that the conversation would be, quote, on background, end quote, which meant I could use the information as long as I didn't attribute it directly to him. Okay, that's what on background means. It's a journalism term. Then he puts in parentheses, I consider that condition to have lapsed with his death. So what's that, what's that make you think, guys? Like, oh, shit. You know, now it's time. Now it's time to... Reveal all the stuff that Jeffrey Epstein said, right? The, just to reiterate, uh, the day Jeffrey Epstein told me he had dirt on powerful people is the title of the article. I read the whole article. There's nothing in there that where you're like, oh man, wow, I didn't know that. Coup bombshell. Nothing. Nothing. Okay? The guy ends in the article and goes, yeah, he's like really vague. Seems like he might embellish some of his relationships. Seemed kind of lonely blah, 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 had like this really rich place. Okay, cool, great, dude. So that's the name of the article, and there's no, no dirt, got no dirt from it. All right, this is a little bit weird, but I want to talk about this. People who lie about the breed of their dog weird me out. I don't know if you guys are dog people, or I'm sure some of you are. One second, I've got to take a sip of the Pinot. But uh, I know somebody, I won't say who, they say their dog is a Cairn Terrier. Okay, C A I R N and Karen Terrier. And I always thought that it wasn't. I'm like, this dog just looks kind of like a Chihuahua mixed with maybe like a rat terrier, or, you know, just kind of looks like a Chihuahua mixed with something. Like it does not, it looks a lot like a Chihuahua and it does not look like a Karen Terrier. But I didn't think too much of it, whatever. And then today I was trying to, my buddy sent me a picture. He got a new dog. And it's a mix of a couple different things. And I'm like, oh man, it kind of looks like, I'm like, oh, what's the name of that breed? That, oh, that, I can't remember the name. So I looked up small dog breeds and the name I was thinking of was Jack Russell. But the point is I looked, I found this website. I think it was from goodhousekeeping.com if you want to check it out. 37 small dog breeds that are great companions or whatever. And uh, I'm looking at all of them. By the way, Shuggy, my dog, Bijan Frise, he's on there, of course. Um... So I got to Karen Terrier, and I'm like, oh, Karen Terrier. And I'm looking at this dog. It looks nothing, nothing like the person I know who says they have a Karen Terrier. Nothing. Like, dude, your dog is a Chihuahua with a weird fur. That's it. Like, quit telling me you have a Karen Terrier. You don't. So pissed me off. All right. Uh, here's another thing that's just so, this is so funny to me. Here's another good-natured argument, I guess you could say. And I am not going to use this person's real name. I'm probably going to change the state. I'm going to change the state just so it doesn't sound right. But doesn't so, so no one can catch on in any way. Um, 
So I listened to a buddy's podcast who had another buddy of mine on, two comics. And at the end of the podcast, they get to, they, they, like I somehow get brought up by one of them. And they both are very complimentary and they're like, oh man, he's so funny. He's so strong. He's such a great comic. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. They're saying all these nice things about me. But the reason I get brought up is because one of my buddies uh, is telling a story <laughs> about something that happened, we'll say, in Utah. Let's say Utah. A long time ago, okay? This is 2000, let's just say 1998, even though I wasn't doing stand-up then. Just, I'm making up years now, but okay, so it happened a long time ago. It was over 10 years ago when this happened. I was the feature act. I was the middle act at this comedy club. He was the headliner. He tells this story where he says, I was supposed to do 20 minutes, and I did 45 minutes and the point of the story was like, you know, I crutched so hard. I did so well that like he couldn't follow it. They were dropping the checks or whatever. And that's like, he, so he's trying to say it like, I'm really funny, but I did this thing, which by the way, guys, I know no one listening is probably a stand-up comedian. That is so incredibly wrong. If you're supposed to do 20 minutes and you do 45, if, if anyone doesn't know how it works, I'm sure most of you don't. You get a light usually at comedy clubs, you know? So say you're doing a 20-minute set. They'll say, hey, when do you want your light? Some people say, oh, just light me when I have a minute left. Some people say two minutes left. Some people say three minutes left. Some people say five minutes left, right? It's standard, right? Usually with a 20-minute set, I'd say the the shortest light you would get was two minutes. You don't really get a one-minute light if you're doing a 20-minute set because you want to be able to see it and go, okay, I'm wrapping up. A lot of people go five-minute light. So, But the, the at the very least, you're getting a two-minute light. So... That would mean if I got the light at 18 minutes, I saw the light, nodded my head, usually give a little head nod or something, like a little wink, something that they know, like, oh, you saw it. And then I did 27 more minutes. This did not happen. I know exactly the week he's talking about, Utah, 1998, okay? And that didn't happen. That just did not happen. And he made, like, a comment to me in another city um, where we just both happened to be in the same city, headlining separate shows, but... Um, and that was like a year or two ago. We'll call that city Atlantic City, okay? <laughs> Trying to fudge this the best I can. So he made some comment in front of people. And he was like, it was like a jokey thing, but it was also kind of serious. And I just thought it was weird. And it was, it was alluding. I'd never spoken to him about this whole thing. And he made some comment about me doing, you know, you know, for, 45 minutes or something. And I was supposed to do, and I was just like, oh, okay, I just kind of like brushed it off. Like that was like weird, but whatever. I don't think he meant anything by it. And uh, he's, he was around his buddies. So I hear him bring it up again, this thing. And I'm just like, dude. So I text him and I'm just like, stop. Like I go, look, man, I, can, I know you didn't mean it in a malicious way. I know, you know, I think you like me. I don't think you dislike me. I go, I like you, dude. I think you're so funny. Like I consider you a friend, like all this stuff, whatever. I go, but. Dude, stop saying that. That didn't happen. Like, that did not happen. Stop saying it. Like, it's just like, I don't know why you're saying it. Like, I, I go, I guess you just remember it that way or something over the years. But, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, he immediately calls me. And I wasn't near my phone. Because uh, I texted and I went upstairs to help put my kids to sleep. And then I come back down. I see a missed call from him. A voicemail and a text. And he's like, call me. So, I call him. And the thing about this guy is like, even when he, when he's talk like normal talking, he's intense, right? So even if he's saying the nicest thing ever, like even if he's giving like your, if he's giving a speech at your wedding, he'd be like, dude, this guy's the best, blah, 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 blah. But he's like very, very intense, right? So 
I, he's like, what's up, man? I go, what's up, dude? And he go, he just starts going in about how he's like, hey, man, that happened, bro. <laughs> I was like, no, it didn't. Like, first off, obviously, we remember this thing completely differently. So to start with, hey, man, let's talk. That shit happened. It's just such a weird, in my opinion, intense way to start. But I wasn't surprised by it. And I'm just like, and he goes, dude, he goes, you did 40 that night. And I'm like, look, dude, do you just, do you realize you just shaved five minutes off of your original story where you said I did 45? I go, so publicly you said I did 45 and now it's 40. And then I, I go, so you, without me even saying anything, you just shaved off five minutes. I go, so clearly it's like an exaggeration. And he goes, he's like, oh, he's like, are you, do you really want to get in over five minutes? And I was like, I, five minutes, I go, this whole thing is just like wrong, man. Like it didn't happen. I go, and by the way, man, I wasn't supposed to do 20. I was supposed to do 30. I go, so I get how you would be so upset because you thought it was do 20 and I was supposed to do 30 all week. And he goes, no, man, the feature act never does 20 or never does 30. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Every time I headline a club on the road, road clubs, if you're not like a big time headliner where you're not like selling the place out and whatever, and you're bringing your own feature act, every club I do usually on the road, it's 30. Sometimes it's 25. Sometimes like, oh, our feature does 25. But, and, but I, yes, there have been instances where when I was younger, like when I opened for Jeff Dunham, I think I told that story about, oh, I told on another podcast about how it bombed so bad after or going up on Jeff Dunham's crowds in Florida. But uh, that was 20. But that was, they were like, hey, he does an hour. He likes to do an hour. Some headliners do 45. So they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And then other ones are like, oh, this guy does an hour, hour and 10. So, like, you know, he, he wants to just do 20. Like, so that is a thing. I'm not arguing the point that there are not feature acts that do 20. And the thing is, in stand-up, everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different path. And the guy I'm talking about, he started in a city where they do shorter shows. So I totally, right away, I was like, hey, man. If you have never been to a club on the road where the feature does 30, that's cool, man. I believe you. I don't think you're making that up. I'm telling you on my kids' lives, almost every road club, the feature does 30. When I was featuring, you know, which I wasn't for a very long time, I did 30. Even when I opened for Pablo Francisco, who like kind of gave me my career in comedy, Pablo's selling clubs out, and I would do 30 featuring for him. He wanted me to do 30. Like, it, so... So we get in this argument. It's just so funny. And then he goes, yeah, man. And then the next night, that ditzy manager, she was, she said to me, like, oh, I'm going to give him a little bit more time because that one thing you did didn't go well or something. And I go, dude, so calm down, time out. So we're starting from a 10-minute discrepancy, right? Because we're starting, our starting points are I was supposed to do 30 and you think I was supposed to do 20. So right away, even if I did my time, you would think I was doing 10 minutes over my time, which is a lot, by the way. You know, if you're doing a 20-minute set to do 10 minutes over, that's kind of, that's very rude as well, just to do 10 minutes over, you know? Sometimes you run the light a little bit, you know, you're supposed to do 20, you do like 21, 22, and you're like, hey, all right, sorry, I'll try and get off at 20, you know, whatever. Or you're doing 30, and you end up doing like 33 or something. That happens, but like, it's also not correct. You know, you should get off in your time. And I have ran the light in the past, but when I was opening for people, like, I was always well aware, like, that's their show. And the reason I'm so sensitive to this, I've had feature acts on the road who try and do fucked up shit. Like, they try and, you know, bring people on stage and do some weird lap dance and shit, like, before the headliner, who's me. So it's like, I know guys that do that, and they do it with bad motives. And I didn't have a bad motive. And I know he knows I didn't have a bad motive. And he didn't say I had a bad motive. But I'm coming across like a dickhead. I'm coming across like a guy who's supposed to do... In his story, I did... 
27 minutes after I got the light, right? Or maybe I got the light at 15, best case scenario, which is pretty early to get a light on a 20 minute set. And then I did, well, that would be 30 minutes after the light. So that's not, so best case scenario is I did 27 minutes after the light. That is insanity, right? So then he tells me, yeah, man, the next night that ditzy manager was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to give him a little bit more time because that, that, that's not, that thing he did is not going well. And then he was like, no, light him right now. And I go, dude, time out. You just told a story about the person in charge of the light, that ditzy manager, who, by the way, I remember that lady too. I go, <laughs> giving me a light later than she was supposed to. I go, so just hear me out, dude. You thought I was supposed to do 20. I was supposed to do 30. That manager was lighting me late. I go, so let's say I asked for a five-minute light, and she ends up lighting me at like 33 minutes. And then I end up doing like six after the light. Now I'm at 39 minutes. And in your head, I'm supposed to do... 20 and I'm at 39. So in your head, I did like double my time. In my head, I did like one minute after I was supposed to because I got a five minute light and I did, you know, six. I go, don't you see how this like becomes like very understandable that we have different recollections of what happened? I go, I'm not saying I didn't do more than my time. What I'm saying is, how do you not see that it's not plausible that the person who you agree was an airhead and that happens sometimes. Sometimes they just forget. Sometimes like, oh shit, I forgot to light them. You know, that happens all the time, him or her, whatever. But like, I've been at clubs where like, oh, fuck, I'm supposed to give that person the light. I was at another club where the guy told me he lit me late. And uh, the headliner, who was a friend of mine, who was the guy who was actually bringing me around, uh, John Heffron, he was like, dude, you did, a, you did a lot of extra time on that show. He's like, just be aware of that. And then the sound guy came up to me. He's like, oh, dude, you were doing so great. I just let you go. And it's like, don't do that. Because now I look like an asshole in front of my friend who's nice enough to bring me on the road, you know? So like that type of stuff does happen. So anyways, it was just so funny because we got into this argument and during the argument, I was like, this would be a good podcast. Not me talking about it, like me and him arguing about it because it's just so funny because we both kept saying like, look, man, I love you. It's like, oh, I love you too, dude. I'm just saying. And it's like, he was just like, look, I won't tell that story anymore. Now look at me, I'm telling it. But I tried to change everything. I didn't use his name or all that stuff. But the point is, I honestly, now I do want to talk about it with him on a podcast because I just think it's so, it's just so interesting when people just have completely different recollections of the exact same thing. And uh, anyways, it's all good. Guys, we're, we're good. But uh, I thought that was, uh, it's just such an interesting, <laughs> it's just interesting to disagree, but also end it with like, I love, like basically we're calling each other we're not calling, well, I don't know. He's not calling me, he didn't call me a liar and I call him a liar, but it's just, just, there's just a, there's no middle ground that was, that was found. The only thing that was found is that from the beginning is we both like each other. <laughs> That's it. Um, all right, let's just read a couple of stories and I got to get to bed. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow forgot she was in Marvel films with Samuel L. Jackson, according to a producer. It seems like Gwyneth Paltrow might need to watch some of the movies she's been in because according to Marvel producer Kevin Feige, she had no clue she started numerous films with Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Nick Fury in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hmm. In an Empire interview published Friday, that's when you know you're super famous and rich, by the way. Hey, you know you are in a bunch of movies with Samuel L. Jackson? No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. I was? Really? All right. <laughs> 
man, right? Like, there's like actors everywhere who are like, I would kill to be in a movie with Samuel L. Jackson. That would be the highlight of my career. Gwyneth Paltrow's like, I don't think I ever did a movie with Samuel L. Jackson. They're like, no, you definitely did a bunch of movies with Samuel L. Jackson. She's like, all right, if you say so. I'm not going to look it up. I don't got time for that shit. Too busy being beautiful. In an Empire interview published Friday, Feige tells the magazine that the actress who plays Pepper Potts, Iron Man's number one lady, was confused when she saw Jackson at a 2018 gathering for the Marvel cast photo shoot for the 10th anniversary of Marvel Studios Films. Quote, Gwyneth was asking why Sam Jackson was there, and the other actors were jumping in saying, what are you talking about? He's Nick Fury. You've been in movies with him, Feige recalled. But it was really something special. But is it really that special? In June, Paltrow slipped up while appearing on Netflix's The Chef Show with Marvel director Jon Favreau by accidentally revealing that she had no clue she was in Spider-Man Homecoming with Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. This is hilarious. Gwyneth Paltrow does not care who's in the movies with her. In July, actor Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, in the, MC- in the MCU and has worked with Paltrow in numerous films, shared that he had to reintroduce himself to her on three different <laughs> occasions. This is hilarious. In Paltrow's defense, MCU film sets are pretty secretive. What was that Marvel something universe? Actors are often clueless as to what movie they're shooting a scene for when they arrive on set, and some have even been given bogus scripts. Whoa. Okay, well, there's a little bit of... Now we get why she's maybe doesn't know. But one person Paltrow apparently remembers working with is Chris Pratt, Peter Quill. She at least felt moved to comment on a photo of his butt. Is that the end of the article? Okay. Well, that's pretty funny, Gwyneth Paltrow not knowing. There's been, there's been some comics like that. There's been some people, which are so funny, because I remember there's certain people who I literally met for the first time 30 times. And I'd always be like, oh, hey, good to see you again. And they go, nice to meet you, like as you're shaking their hand. They're just like kind of looking at you with those Hollywood eyes where it's like, you can't help me. I don't care who you are. And then as soon as I got on TV, people were like, hey, what's up, man? Jeff, yeah. And it's like, oh, you know my name and everything now? That's so weird because you definitely didn't know who I was 20 times. All right. All of Tom Cruise's ex-wives have one thing in common. Co-star crushes. During his lengthy career... Tom Cruise has been linked to a string of famous ladies and has been married twice. Taking a look back, there was something many had in common. While filming Risky Business, it became widely known to the film crew that Rebecca De Mornay and Cruise began having an affair. Their romance was scandalous since Mornay was three years older than Cruise. Why is that scandalous? And because she was in a relationship at the time with Harry Dean Stanton, who was 33 years her senior. Well, now it's scandalous. Keep reading the same sentence, Jeff. Ah, oh, this is a next article. I gotta keep, keep clicking next. Tom's luck with the ladies started from an early age when filming the iconic Risky Business at just 19 years old. His co-stars became aware of his offset antics. Curtis Armstrong claimed there would be a line of ladies waiting outside Cruz's trailer on set, and he also noted that his co-star would balance his time between women and Bible study. I, thought he was a, well, I guess he wasn't a Scientologist yet. Maybe these women were Scientologists who were just supposed to clean his trailer. However, while all these women waited... All these women waiting outside his trailer were hoping to get close to the star. There was one lady Tom already had his eyes on. You gotta be fucking kidding me with this clicking next stuff. Although he became an A-list actor from a young age, Tom had always been religious and always made time to read the Bible. However, while Tom would preach that he was a born-again Christian who wished to live by his religious values, the same cannot be said when it came to his relationships. When he began his relationship with DeMornay, he was technically committing adultery and their affair continued post-filming. Meanwhile, after the relationship ended, Tom found a preference in older women. 
<laughs> oh, there's this picture of Tom Cruise with super long hair. That's so weird. It looks like a Ben Stiller character from one of Ben Stiller's movies. And that's where you'd see Ben Stiller in a Ben Stiller movie. Cruise the Cub. Having had his experience with older women, Tom continued to date a number of notable women that were older than him. In 1985, Cruz briefly dated Patty Scalfa, who was nine years his senior, and then he went on to date someone that threw everyone by surprise. In later years, it was revealed that Cruz had a fling with superstar Cher, what? who was 39 at the time, while Cruz was just 23 years old. Their unexpected romance was not to last, but Cruz did continue to date older women. What I wonder what Cher would be like in bed. You know what I mean? Like not in a creepy way. Just Cher's one of those people. I've never in my life. It's never been like, man, Cher. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna think about that. <laughs> like it's just. I'm not saying she's unattractive. She's attractive and stuff. But what Cher? I don't. Is any? Is there are there guys out there that are super turned on by Cher? I bet she's crazy in bed though, right? Like she's got to be such a weirdo. Like, in a good way. I don't know. It's super late. All right. It was believed that Cruz had dated the Little House on the Prairie actress Melissa Gilbert. Why am I reading all this? The original thing that I saw said that he broke up with all his wives at age 33. Uh, and I'm not seeing that. Now they're just talking about all his relationships. And this is not interesting to me. Meeting Mimi. What is this? Mimi Rogers. Cruz Rogers went on to get married. Okay. I'll read this. After his brief fling with singing sensation Cher... Tom found himself in a more stable relationship. Tom met fellow actress Mimi Rogers at a dinner party just a few years into his career, and the pair began dating shortly after. Although Mimi was six years his senior, why do you have to say his senior? She was six years older than him. It was not going to come in the way of their love. In 1987, Cruz and Rogers went on to get married in a secret ceremony in New York City, and Mimi was the person who essentially changed Cruz's life. Great. Where is the, he gets rid of all his women at the age of 33. It was because of Mimi Rogers that Tom Cruise was introduced to Scientology. Oh, Mimi, why would you? And has since practiced the religion. Rogers' father, Phil Spickler, was incredibly close to the founding father of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, and Rogers became a respected auditor as a result. An auditor in the religion is someone who asks a parishioner a series of questions, and they must respond honestly and without judgment from the auditor. Oh, my God. Okay, this article is not what it was cracked up to be, so I don't know. Apparently, according to... The subtitle, he gets rid of all his wives at age 33. That's what they all supposedly have in common. And now it's going on to just talk about how they're all older than him, which who cares? By the way, I knew a girl who did the auditing thing for Scientologists. I don't think she was a Scientologist. I believe she was not. I'm pretty sure. But she got paid. She told me she would get paid. What was this guy paying her? Like $250 an hour or something? So hundred, I think it was 150 bucks an hour, something like crazy an hour. Maybe it was only 100. It was a lot though. It was it was a lot per hour to just. And she goes, yeah, I just have to like ask him questions over and over again. I go, what do you mean? She goes, he gives me a list of questions, and I ask him the same question over and over and over again for hours, and then until he's ready to move on to the next one. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, it's really tedious, but pays really well. I go, how often do you do this? And she's like, however often he wants. I'm like, man, can you imagine you're just making like eight G's a month, eight G's a month, <laughs> eight G's a month, just asking Scientologists the same question over and over again? I mean, if that's what they want, fine. You know what I mean? Teach their own. I'm not judging, but I would like to get that job. <laughs> All right. A couple more quick stories and then we are out. 
Chick-fil-A adds mac and cheese to restaurants nationwide starting Monday. Why did I click on this? Oh my God, I can't do two bad stories in a row. Chick-fil-A's menu just got cheesier. Starting Monday, mac and cheese is available at Chick-fil-A restaurants nationwide. Okay, not doing that story, guys. Now you know, it's so late, I'm sorry. Chick-fil-A has mac and cheese now. What is this video? Um, all right, here's the one that's good. Caitlyn Jenner accidentally posts baby photo of Kendall Jenner on Kylie Jenner's 22nd birthday. That is some fucked up shit. Can you imagine that? You have a sibling and your parent is like, happy birthday, here's a picture of your sibling as a baby. <laughs> so funny. Kylie Jenner was flooded with happy birthday messages as she turned 22 on Saturday, but one in particular caught the internet's attention. While celebrating her youngest daughter's big day, Caitlyn Jenner accidentally posted a picture of herself from back in the day with Kylie's sister, Kendall, 23, instead. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Life, quote, quote, life was so simple back then, but life is so good today. Caitlyn, 69, captioned the post. Happy birthday to my little baby at Kylie Jenner. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, hey, life was so much simpler back then when I was just, you know, Kendall was here and you weren't. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Loved it when it was Kendall, and she maybe it was on purpose. Maybe Caitlyn Jenner was trying to throw some shots at her young, her his youngest daughter, whatever. Uh, seemingly realizing the mistake, Caitlyn then deleted the post captured by Here for the Tea on Instagram and replaced it with two photos of her with Kendall and Kylie as young girls. Whoa! So even Kendall still got into it. <laughs> that is pretty funny. That is pretty fun. I would be. I would never let my parents uh, live that down. It's not like something my parents would do too. No, they, they know the difference. Oops, looks like this is what here for the T on Instagram posted. Oops, looks like Caitlyn Jenner got Kylie and Kendall confused. Caitlyn took to Instagram to wish Kylie a happy second birthday. And Kendall, okay, we already said that. So there it is. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I don't know which one is Kylie and which one is Kendall as adults. So I would mess that up. Even if you said, post a picture of Kylie, it's her birthday. I'd be like, no clue. No, is it? I'll post both of them and then I'll have to have been right. All right. Let's see. I read this article before. Or I read, yeah, I read, I watched a news report or something on it. Officer on leave after KKK application found framed on a bedroom wall. If I remember this correctly, this guy was selling his house and he had an application for the Ku Klux Klan framed on his wall as people were just doing an open house. I mean, how bad do you not want to sell your house if that's what you have in there? So let's see, a Michigan police officer is on administrative leave after a prospective buyer of his home said he found a framed Ku Klux Klan application and several Confederate flags inside the residence. Rob Mathias, who is black, was touring the home in the Muskegon County town of Holton with his wife and children last week, and he said they discovered the racist memorabilia hanging on the walls. Mathias said he would have still considered purchasing the home despite the flags, but the application caused him to gather his family and immediately leave the property. Quote, I'm still disgusted by it. I'm hurt, Mathias, an Army veteran, told MLive. You can't serve your community and be a racist. You can't. There are people of all different colors, of all different nationalities, out there that you have to serve and protect. You can't just protect one group of people. Uh, agreed. <laughs> and also, what's up with the Ku Klux Klan framed thing, dude? It's like, that is bad news. Muskegon City Manager Frank Peterson identified the officer to Fox 17 News as 20-year veteran Charles Anderson, 
and confirmed an internal investigation is underway. Oh, I remember what happens next. I do remember this. Let's see if they have in this article. We do take this sort of issue seriously, and we are working hard to understand if slash how this may impact his ability to safely and fairly police our community, Peterson told the local station. I think if you're, that is weird. This is like, what is it? You know what I mean? How is that not weird? So you have a framed application for the Ku Klux Klan, and okay, is it your application? If it's your application, like, come on, man, you're not good. Uh, what 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 is a scenario where this is not that bad? I could see it's like oh it's a historical thing, uh, but like why are you into collecting that? It's just a little weird. I know I'm just one person. I'm judging, but why is that what you're into collecting? And why would it be displayed on your wall? Like I wouldn't want, you know what I mean? Uh, if you study the the Holocaust or something, you wouldn't put a bunch of pictures from concentration camps on your wall and frame them like that's like that's walking around stuff dude where's a where's a photo of the grandkids or something you know what i mean yes i I can't i can't even think of a way that this is not super fucking weird to this guy and super just this guy's a racist asshole um matthias said that after some reflection and prayer he decided to post a photo of the kkk application on facebook in case the homeowner, who he identified as an officer by a police jacket and photo inside the house, had been involved in questionable dealings with minorities in the past. Muskegon County NAACP President Eric Hood shared that same concern. Yeah, I think we all do. We want a thorough investigation to be sure that when he goes out there and puts on that uniform and performs his duties as an officer, that he's being fair and impartial. Anderson's wife. Okay, a story continues. I think they're going to get to it, what I'm thinking of. Anderson's wife, Rachel Anderson, denied to Wood TV that her husband is a KKK member. Instead, she said, he's a collector and suggested that the flap is all a misunderstanding. I just want to just want to know what the misunderstanding is. Why is it on your wall? You're a collector of KKK applications? Like, such a weird thing. How, how much is that worth? Things are only worth what people are willing to pay for it. Who wants it? You know what I mean? And let's like the only person the only thing the only person I feel like that I value to is a racist. I guess maybe not. Maybe there's historical museums and stuff that want it. But if, if they wanted it, would you just give it to them, or would you really take money for that? I don't know. I, I I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how there's any light to shine through and be like, oh, I, I kind of get it. All right. Matthias's wife, Renee Matthias, said she's not buying that excuse. Quote: I like antiques, but I collect things that I represent. You can go in my basement. We have Detroit Lions, Red Wings, Michigan stuff, everything we associate ourselves with, she told Wood TV. So why would you collect something you don't associate with yourself? I mean, yeah, I agree with that. But also, I can see how there would be people who are different than me and this lady, Renee, Rena Mathias, who collect things they don't associate with themselves. But that's still a weird thing to collect. That's still just just a weird weird thing to collect like if you're collecting nazi stuff like oh yeah i just like to collect old uh ss uniforms it's like fucking why that is kind of gross anderson previously was in the, oh here we go this is the part where it gets like real fucking icky anderson was previously anderson previously was in the news in 2009 after being involved in a fatal police shooting involving a black parolee julius johnson was fleeing a traffic stop on foot when he was shot by the officer following a struggle, Anderson said he feared for his life in the fight 
in which he was severely beaten, and the Muskegon County prosecutor determined the officer was justified in using deadly force, MLive reported. The NAACP unsuccessfully called for a federal investigation of the shooting. So yeah, now I know people hear things like that now and everybody jumps to their own conclusions. I guarantee people hear that. Some people go like, oh, that cop definitely shot that person unjustified. And I know there's people who are also be like, oh, that cop was totally justified. Like the, they, he got cleared of all charges. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, definitely not good to be collecting KKK applications and having that on your resume that that's not making it look good that's making it look that's making it look bad you know what i mean but at the same time there's a possibility just you know maybe the person he ended up getting an altercation with and maybe maybe it was justified but well that is uh i wasn't there you know what i mean but not a good look having that kkk stuff uh and having shot uh and killed a black parolee before but I don't know the Black Pearly. Not saying the guy's a saint. Not saying he's not a bad person. Not saying he didn't do something bad. But not a good look. KKK memorabilia. You killed a black person. Not good. Not good. That was a downer, downer, downer article to end on. But it's after 1 a.m. now. And I just can't. I'm losing my voice. I think it's pretty obvious. And I'm choosing bad articles. So, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Rate it five stars. You know, couple of those articles sucked. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my daddy.